I'm the person who has seen this show before I'm a person who's never watched an anime Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble, Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble. Hey, 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 hello and welcome back to the Hero Babble podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm Spencer. And today we're coming at you live in the Hero Babble studio talking about uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion episode 23, aptly named Ray 3. Yeah. And if you've missed Ray 1 and Ray 2, go ahead and watch those first before you come here, uh, along with everything before it, because you're going to be missing a lot. Uh, just kidding. Hopefully you've been keeping up with us, or maybe you're waiting to watch this and then watch the series, or... Or maybe you're just jumping in on Ray 3. And frankly, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> this might be a little over the head, but we're glad you're here. Yeah. And, uh... Without further ado, let's let's just kind of jump right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, this episode comes after pretty much episodes 19 through 23 are very pivotal. There's a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, 21's the exposition dump. 22, we start to see the real fracturing of Nerve come to be, as right. well as the origins of where it all began. Uh, in 19, we see kind of the lid burst wide open on the Avas. Uh, in episode 20, we get kind of a glimpse into uh, Shinji himself, uh, while also kind of the... I, I would say that's where, like, if we're talking about fracturing, that's where, like, someone took the nail to the chisel and, like, uh -huh. hit it once. And then from 20, they're now kind of making a really nice sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> and but, you know, we've also gotten a lot of flashback. A lot of flashback. Like a lot of backstory for all of the surrounding supporting characters. Yeah, like we saw Ritsuko's mom kill Rey. Yeah, and herself. And herself. We two, saw... Hey, two for one special. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we also saw Kozo uh, try to get with Shinji's mom. Yeah, and well... That didn't work out. No, for it didn't. But then again, uh, it didn't really matter because she got sucked into an Ava. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> no harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. He's not missing out. Uh, but now I guess he's married to Gendo. You hate yeah, to see pretty it. much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are attached at the hip. Dare I say it? You know, uh, that's actually our head cannon. They are in a loving relationship. Oh, yeah. I kind of want that for Gendo, because we've seen him be nurturing twice. But it's always interesting, because we've only really seen him be nurturing one time. That one time was the flashback when Yui was pregnant, and yep. he goes, If it's a boy, I'll name him Shinji. And if it's a girl, Rei. And, like, that's... But then you see the flashback, and every time he appears on the screen, he's got this, like, Dennis the Menace grin, where he's like, <laughs> I just want Yui because she's smart. And Kozo's like, no, you can't just have her for that. And he goes, I can, and I will. And then Yui's like, we've been dating a lot. <laughs> and Kozo just, like, punches the air. Fuck. Yeah. Goddamn. Uh, but... 
I don't know. I, I I think of all the people, Gendo doesn't deserve anything. I feel like they just forgot who Gendo was when they wrote those nurturing scenes. But then again, when we see those scenes, those are during the introspective moments with Shinji, right? Well, he like tries to be a good, you know, quote unquote dad well, with Ray well, like twice too. Well, like he asks her, like, what <laughs> what kind of milk did you get at school today? Which one? Oh, chocolate. Mm, nice. Which Ray? <laughs> yeah, this is a big episode for you. I'm kind of surprised says, you you haven't really been given off the aura of like the weight of what this episode holds for the theory you've been you know, crafting for the theory fans we've just known all along. <laughs> It, it really is incredible. Which Do you remember which episode I first came up with the theory? I want to say it was like episode episode four or five, which I think either one of those is Ray 1. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember coming up with it and you being like, really? And like you didn't look anything up? <laughs> <laughs> like off air, like really, dog? Did you look this up? <laughs> like what's happening here? And then he was like, no, I just... I have a feeling. I actually thought it was kind of crazy and outlandish. And I sort of, you know, tied things to Yui, like, like last second, thinking, well, that'd be crazy, right? Uh, but the show sort of did the work for me to make my yeah. theory possible. I'm proud of it. I You should be. I think that is a... That was a real Hail Mary of a theory, and <laughs> yeah. it was 100% true. Uh, right. And we'll we'll get to the the implications and, and showing of that, but uh, let's let's start with something a little more happy, and that's Misato in a depressive downward spiral. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right right at the beginning of this episode, she is she's she's hurting, and yeah. Truthfully, this is I think very telling of the role that Kaji played in her life, and you know you could make the the argument or joke a few episodes back well well of course Masato and Kaji are hooking up again but she is very much I think like or she very much views him as an anchor and the fact that she's listening to that voicemail on repeat you know and I think her her quote is you know a phone that'll never ring again yeah and yeah. it's just like fuck that that sucks because, I don't know, like, just as they were kind of, like, rekindling things and they were really getting, like, you know, because she has that moment where she breaks down and Kaji consoles her. Kaji kind of does some inner reflection on himself. He waters his melons, wishes they were Masados. You know, it's, it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking because I feel like Masato had a moment where kind of crashed and burned when it came to like thinking about her dad, then her and Shinji bonded over hating their dads. Yeah. And kind of on the up and up. And then she found out all that info from Kaji and then Kaji got killed. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. Masato's character arc took a pretty big shift <laughs> at the end of this series. Yeah. Um, she, you know, they build her up to be this sort of impenetrable, badass, creative-thinking, strong woman. Yeah, which that, she is. Oh, yeah. I mean, episodes like 11 through 16 
are like, all right, what kind of crazy shit is she yes. going to come up with next? Right. And it's not that she's not everything I, that I just be, said. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it seem like you weren't saying that, but more so just backing you up that that is very much what they push yeah. forward. Well, it's and it's not that she's not. It's just that they start to open her up a little bit, and they start to show you maybe where some of that confidence comes from, where some of this you know, fight or flight kind of comes from from her. Yeah. And you find that it comes from a place uh, that lacks confidence and that maybe needs a partner and that maybe, you know, has struggled with her past and had some dad issues. And, and yeah. uh, she's got some chinks in the armor. Yeah. Uh, and those, those gaps, like, really, I think, as, as we, the viewers, are opened up to them, She's also experiencing those wounds and those gaps and the, you know, like, areas of herself that she is very much either, like, still navigating or yeah. doesn't have full understanding or control over really hit hard. Yeah, it almost uh, changes her identity. Like, the identity of her was this unbreakable female character, and it's now this very... I don't want to say broken female character, but definitely a crumbling female character. At least I mean, in the could, last, she could break me. <laughs> well, yeah, she could break most of us. It, well, no, like if she wanted to. Oh, like, like, like the offer stance. Yeah, Misato, if you're hearing this, it's just been such a rough like last four or five episodes for pretty much everybody in the cast. Yeah, but her, she has become very fragile. I think. Well, and it's. It's also not without reason, too. I mean, three times now, she's thought Shinji has died. Mm -hmm. She's watched everything she knew about Nerve get flipped on its head. Her lifelong best friend is is hiding secrets from her and is basically admitting to her face, like, you have no idea like, yeah. what's going on here. Ritsuko is sort of lost in the sauce a little bit. And Masato oh, used to be in the sauce. Well, I think I think Ritiko finally gets out of the sauce at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, bit of a heartbreaker way to come to that conclusion, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're I think you're spot on that as she's confronting those things about herself, the world around her is also kind of crumbling. Uh, you know, if Ritsuko and Masato had a sauce. Do you think it would be a sweet sauce? Maybe a spicy sauce? What do you think? I think I think Ritsuko's would be a like homemade marinara like from scratch. You know, she <laughs> she went out and bought the tomato paste, some oregano, some garlic powder, uh -huh. and Masato is just like the seasoned chorizo that gets thrown into the sauce. Yeah. And together, <laughs> it's a good pairing. Mamma mia. <laughs> Mamma mia. But on their own, you know, a homemade sauce is great no matter what. Right. But you kind of need that spice. And spicy chorizo is good on its own, but not if it isn't on or in something, you know? Well said. <laughs> what can I say? I was much more in depth than I... I was thinking you'd be like, barbecue. Or al fuego. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you meant pasta. That's why when you said sauce... Well, who's the noodles here? Kaji? Uh, Kaji is like a linguini. <laughs> okay. 
Kaji's a linguini doodle. <laughs> what uh, makes him linguini and not angel hair? Uh, Asuka's, An- Asuka's angel hair. An angel! An angel! No, Asuka's angel hair. Yeah. Because she is... She wants to be spaghetti so bad. Right. But behind that, like, thin facade, she crumbles. She's little. She's very small. Uh, Ray is Penne. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Shinji some goddamn elbow macaroni. <laughs> Just easy, Mac. Gendo is, like, the... <laughs> Gendo's the sheets of lasagna noodles. <laughs> the, yeah. Like, he's just the sheet. Uh, okay. Kozo, I would probably say, is like a rigatoni. Okay. Explain that. I just think that, like, rigatoni are complex pasta noodles. Right. But they're actually very, like, simple and common. Yeah. And I They're think, not that much different. And I think Kozo, now that we know his backstory... You know, yeah, he's very smart and well-read, but at the end of the day, he's just a henchman. And so, that's kind of where I get the rigatoni. <laughs> he's, he's just a henchman. Kinda. And I mean, Gendo has no problem throwing him under the bus, too. I know. Isn't that sad? Who, what do you think? Uh, I would say all of Nerve are, um, like, whole grain, <laughs> probably whole grain thin spaghetti. Right, like the made-from-zucchini spaghetti. Yeah, they're zoodles. Zoodles, yeah. yeah. That's that's what I was looking for, I just couldn't think of it. Uh, and then, I'm trying to think. Do we need any more sauce or protein for this meal? We've kind of got a little bit of everything in the we, pot we, at this we've point. Got, yeah, everyone's all mixed in there. Gen, Gendo doesn't get anything, though. He is just the sheet of yes that's it not cooked either he just doesn't solid. even go in the pot no he's just a hard uncooked sheet yeah it would it would match his expression pretty well yeah uh are there any other characters we're missing uh, i mean who cares i mean let us know in the comments down below <laughs> yeah. what <laughs> what characters you think would translate to either pasta sauces or pasta right we're expecting some good answers because I feel like off the cuff we we, we kind of nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what were we talking about? Masato's depression. <laughs> well, yeah, we were kind of going into how she went. She was so she was moving forward in such a way that she was built up to be this very strong female character and has sort of now been hit where we're seeing those chinks in her armor. Yeah. And then we were mentioning that Ritsuko has kind of been the same way where <laughs> she's kind of become this kind of lost character in that sauce. Yeah. But here we'll find out in this episode there's a little bit more depth and flavor. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, as far as the episode, all we've gotten to is that Masato was... Depressed. Uh, waiting for Kaji to call that the phone wouldn't ring. Yeah. And it is a really sad line when she goes like a phone that'll never ring again yeah uh and it then cuts to shinji and pen pen just kind of standing outside of her room <laughs> and this motherfucker shinji has the gall to go misato shut herself out ag- or shut us all out again oh darn i'm like don't you have headphones to go put on and like look at the wall Right. Again, I get why he does it. I'm not shitting on him, but... I'm surprised that they don't have, like... I'm surprised he didn't go, like, check on her. 
You know what I mean? They had a really... He doesn't give a fuck anymore about her. That is true. I feel he like used to. Ever since he came out of the, the Ava, he'd been different. He has been different. He, he, ain't the he same. has like a little bit, like a, the slightest hint of inner self-confidence. Like kind of an oregano, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he kind of has a little bit of, comp, a little bit of swagger, mm-hmm. just slightly, and it's made it so that he doesn't quite give a fuck anymore about, like, remember, was it last episode where... Uh, Masada was crying at the end of it, and Shinji just, like, put on some headphones and left. Yeah. And now it's, like, a couple days later, and she's still there, and he's just like, oh, He's like, shit. dang, she's still doing that. Life's a beach. Crazy. I'm just playing, playing this. Playing the <laughs> <laughs> Lil Wayne watching this show. Uh, oh, God. But, yeah, Shinji and Pen Pen are just kind of chilling, watching, uh, you know, watching the door, and they're kind of like, well, nothing we can do. And then it cuts to Asuka, or no, Shinji goes, I wonder if Asuka will come home anytime soon. Yeah, it, it tells you, the viewer, that Asuka still hasn't come home. No. And from her, like, depressive breakdown at the end of the last episode. And she's staying at a friend's house, just playing Sega Genesis. Yeah. And and that the, the friend is, like, uh, the chick that was trying to get with Toji, right? The teacher's pet? No, I think it's a different person. Well, yeah, she says her name, and it didn't ring a bell to me. They look different. But it's got to be from her school, right? Yeah. Well, and, and the girl's like, she just, she comes over here and just stays and plays video games, and yeah. then that's it. She won't leave. Right. And Asuka's like, hey, I'm, can I stay here tonight? And she goes, yeah. And then Asuka kind of self-admits, I'm sorry if I've, like, intruded on you. And she goes, no, you haven't. Right. <laughs> uh... And then Asuka kind of goes on this little monologue where she's like, I failed. Like, I can't pilot the Ava I anymore. know. It's like her friend is like, oh, I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> oh, that's, did I ask? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I got a little bit of that where it's like, this isn't the first time that Asuka's been bringing up how she's a failure to yeah. herself. And but her friend is really genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Because Asuka goes like, I failed and... Now I don't have a reason to live. I hate everything, but most of all, I hate myself. Yeah, she said, yeah, in my version, the one I hate the most is me. Yeah, and yeah. her and her friend goes, you, like, you've piloted an Ava. That's amazing. Like, you, yeah. you should just, like, you should feel good about yourself for even doing it. That's, that's a phenomenal thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it then cuts the end of the yeah, scene. Yeah, the but... friend was just, like, really genuine. Yeah. She was, like, basically, she's, like, I thought you did a great job. Yeah. And I really appreciated you uh, sacrificing yourself to defend us. Yeah. And Asuka then kind of, like, goes quiet. And is, like, I don't want nice things said to me. I love that uh, Asuka's just playing, like, Street Fighter or whatever it is. And then she's just, like, okay, it's... I'd like to go to bed now. <laughs> and like, then they just like shut the lights off. Like, I, I imagine the other kid. Like, it's like eleven p.m. and they go to bed at eight, and the other kids just like, when the fuck are we gonna go to bed? I want to sleep now. <laughs> I mean, is that not like what happened? Yeah, because it's literally just. Can I stay here? Right. And the friends like. I, yeah, I mean, you're already here, so. It's like if I just showed up here on like a Tuesday. <laughs> 
and just like started eating your food. <laughs> and then it was like one in the morning and you're like, dog, I have work tomorrow. I'm like, I know, bro. Yeah, I'm staying the night. I'm fucking playing the Halo Master Chief Collection. <laughs> and then at like two, I'm just like, okay, I'll take my leave. <laughs> it's just weird. It is weird. And I wonder how long she's been over there. Did they did they mention time? Uh, no, I don't think so. Or is time it, relative? I, I think it's like, it's been a few days. Yeah. Um, I got that hunch too. Like, it's been more than one day. Uh, then from there, it goes to the infamous... Round table. Zaylay. Yeah, Beyblade. Bay Bay. Gendo gone. Betray us in the club. Hey, Bay Bay. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's it's a classic scene where Gendo is, of course, just kind of like, yeah, what do you fuckers want? And they're like, you are... <laughs> Gendo! Don't talk to us like that. Yeah, we, we... You should be in big trouble. And he goes, what are you going to do? And they're like... <laughs> Mister, well, they're making a huge deal, and, and you know what? Now everybody's saying it like this. They're making a huge deal that they've lost the spear of long vaginas. Yeah, long vaginas. And now, you know, they're all worried that Gendo's going to betray them. Yeah. And we start to see the seed of Zele uh, deciding that maybe they're going to work around Gendo. Yep. And then, because their whole thing is, at the end of that meeting, they basically say. Um, you know, I think we should bring someone new in, except this time we tell them everything. Um, yeah, I can't remember if that's this time or the next time, but they do. They say, like, we need somebody that can know the whole truth or whatever. We need somebody that yeah, knows the whole I, truth. I think they say that the first time. Yeah. Because uh, they're all, like, discussing, you know, yeah, we, we can't control what Gendo does anymore. Yeah. And also, I don't think we should really trust him. And well, yeah, he's clearly done a sh fucking shit job. He's lost yeah. the spear of long ginas. Yeah, which is and it's funny because they're like, why did you do that? Like we needed it. And he goes, there was no other way. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, for once, he sort of makes sense. He's yeah, like, he literally killed the angel. So. Well, and, and he he makes a good point, too, because um, he's like, our number one priority is to kill the angels. And if we can't do that, what's the point? Yeah, I for once, like for once, I felt like Gendo didn't dick him. Yeah, he was <laughs> the one time he's being honest. Like, <laughs> guys, okay, I know, I know, I've said it before. We, ha I had no choice. They've bought all of his lies, but <laughs> but now that he tells the truth, they're like, he's betraying us. The Gendo who cried wolf. <laughs> 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 we need to make that t-shirt yeah well and so i mean you know someone's ears must have been burning because as soon as he says we have to kill the angels a red alert sounds an angel an angel has shown up and i i made specific note i know we have talked about the angel forms and how they keep getting crazier and crazier but i fucking love it dude the, yeah. a, the abstract way in which these angels look is so fucking cool. What did you uh, name this one? Uh, I named this one Halo. Mmm. Oh. Oh, crossover. Oh. 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 Oh.
Anyways, yeah, I named I named this one Halo. Um, I named this one DNA Matrix Circle into Whip. Mm. Speaking of DNA Matrix Circle, okay. <laughs> I didn't write it down, but there's a scene that happens later where the background is very interesting. Anyways, the angel shows up. It's a giant Halo. Fuck do you mean the background looked interesting? I'll I'll show, I'll I'll mention it when we get there. But so uh, okay, so the angel attack what comes is in. Installation? No, is there a, okay. I'll, I'll tell you later. It's a it's a it's called a callback. Three four three guilty spots. <laughs> uh, before we mention the alien attack, though, can we talk about that conversation Ritsuko has with her grandma? No, her cat died. Yeah, like that was it. Such just a small moment, but I think it's the first time we hear Ritsuko talk like a regular person. I think that this scene, at least I interpreted it, it's to show you that Ritsuko has become so involved at work that she's lost touch with her... Like herself. With like what makes her her. Yeah, because... She's talking to her grandma, and she goes, yeah, yeah, it's it's been years since I've seen mom's grave. Like, you know, next time I come out, I'll make sure to come yeah. visit you, and, yeah. and then we can go do that together. And she hangs up the phone, and she goes, huh, I guess cats really do die, huh? And then she looks at the photo, and it's of her as, like, a young high schooler. Yeah. And it, it holds on that look where she's kind of, like, looking you know like sitting at a desk slumped like looking at it very good scene and yeah. I, I think you're spot on it's it's very much i think a moment of oh shit i am missing out on a lot and yeah i'm also i also have some checkered history with nerve yeah yeah she does oh you don't no, not me personally. Oh, okay. Not that I can talk about. Right. I've got to go water some melons. Okay. <laughs> See you in a bit. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll vamp. Yeah, but pretty much, I just, I really like that scene. I but liked it too. It sort of triggers what I think starts her realization and shift into where she ends this episode. Well, if it didn't, another moment in this episode absolutely kicks the the like snowball down the hill to get it rolling uh but from there back to the angel attack halo or dna matrix shows up yep uh ava unit zero gets dispatched and ava unit two also gets dispatched except by sad goyle yeah I don't even care anymore. They didn't they say she her sink rate was like in the single digits. It's like ten percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She so so Ray gets up there and initiate like starts engaging with the angel, dude. And it was so cool. It's rotating in a circle and then just breaks off like a tentacle. It becomes so, like rigid to fluid. Yeah, and like stabs Ray in the chest. But Ray does the bitchin' move where she's like she grabs it. Like, straightens it upright and shoots it. Yeah, she yeah she fucking grabs that fucker and starts shooting it. And I was like, that is dope as hell. It, it didn't It didn't do anything, but it was still cool. Really cool. Uh, she is super effective as an Ava pilot. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable, well, actually. And, and God, the, the threat of her continuously taking the most, like, violent and suicidal way out is just... It's a given. 
Yeah. Whether it's running in with like an N2 mine or running, you know, guys, don't worry, I'll kill myself to kill the angel. And it's like, bitch, you don't got to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in this case, she kind of had to because Asuka gets sent up to the surface and can't even move her Ava. Yeah, she's like oh, it won't move for slouched me. over, crying, pushing the joysticks, but nothing's happening. Yeah, and we should also, you know, make note that the angel, when it stabbed Ray, started fusing with her and the Ava. Yeah, it did this cool thing where it started like puffing around the skin and showing like almost like veins. Yeah, like infecting. Uh, it was great visually because really it, great. It like quickly showed you it's shifting like something that's like metal Mm -hmm. to like living yeah and not only that but then you start to see those on ray too yeah and oscar was sent up as backup but it's not working and (laughs) and prior prior to this fight uh misato asks is shinji like is ava one still unable to be used and Ritzker goes, yeah, like he's he's still ordered to be on cryostasis. Yeah. Uh, but with Ava two out of commission and Unit Zero getting absolutely dicked on, Shinji gets sent out. But it's like, I wrote in my notes, I was just like, Shinji, like, you know, he's my boy's fucking back. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I almost wonder, like, if sorry. Actually, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it it ultimately ends up being too late, but not before Ray has a little bit of an introspective moment. I was just going to say, like, it's an odd move for Gendo, I think, to unground Shinji. I almost wonder if, like, if you get the sense that he knows that everything with Zele has gone to shit. Yeah. Like, he can almost sense that they're done with him and that time's short as far as him being able to accomplish what he wants to do before they take control. Yeah. And so I feel like this was a little bit out of character for him. Yeah. To go back on his grounding of Shinji's unit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it shows how desperate it is and how far he'll go... You know, I actually, I kind of regret even thinking that. It's an interesting thought. Like, I was going to say how far he'd go for Ray, but we've also seen him absolutely send Ray into the fucking cleaners. Yeah. So. Like, with the, cut her arm off. Yeah. And then they're like, but her nerves are still hooked up. Do it. And then you just watch Ray, like, freak out because she feels that pain. So maybe we're getting a little change of character from Gendo here, but definitely different than it was, like, a few episodes ago. Yeah, but I will say, we do later learn why there's a certain level of uh, expensable when when it comes to Rey, and potentially how Gendo maybe views her. Um, yeah. Well, so let's talk about that trip that yeah. Rey has, that mini trip. So Rey is watching these veins kind of slowly start to infect her, and she all of a sudden kind of gets pulled into this like dream space. Yeah. Where it's her and another Ray. And it's like she's standing, one of them is standing in fluid and one of them is floating. She's standing full, like full and tall, whereas the other one is partially submerged. Yes. And the one that's partially submerged says something along the lines of, don't you want to join us? Like, come on, don't you want to be one with me? Yeah, they even say that, yeah. And then Ray goes, uh, no, uh, I am me. 
not you. And yeah, good answer. Uh, like, kind of really like. It, I really dig it because Ray is like, no, I I am a person. I have feelings. Like I, you know, I love the sky. I sh- she doesn't say all of this, but it's been building to this point where she's right. like, I'm a person. You know, right? And like, then that's when me, the viewer, I I lean over and go, Oh, honey, you honey, don't even know. You're a fucking clone. It's not just you, baby. <laughs> Uh, but then the the fluid person starts to go on this kind of like monologue about, yeah. you know, what do you mean you're you? You're alone. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not like you're not a part of anyone or anything like you're just like you're just there. You just exist. Uh, and and it, the final line, I, I wish I would have taken maybe more notes, but the final line in my dub results in this angel version of Ray saying, you know, um, that is what it means to be lonely or something along yeah. those lines. Um, they, they're so, uh, yeah, that's exactly what she says. She's, she's battling this idea that it's almost like she's worked really hard to repress a lot of her feelings. Yeah. And she's battling with this idea that she can have feelings and that maybe loneliness is what she feels, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know what she feels. And they have this like running thing through here about tears and yeah. where like throughout all of this stuff we keep seeing this like water droplet hit water mm-hmm. and that'd be like a common theme throughout this show in the title sequence and in everything yeah and then we see ray start to cry and like her tears really have a profound effect on her psyche yeah because she goes is that me crying yeah and almost like she's seen tears are like she's seen herself cry or she's seen the visual of that and now she's realizing that it's her yeah it was it was very interesting yeah found it was really cool and from there it then cuts to her in the ava and and tears are rolling down her face so it, it was like a you know cut from that to to the real world again yeah i almost wonder how much time passed during that it, it couldn't have been more than, I think, a few minutes. Because Shinji was dispatched and he was running towards, like, yes. trying to save her. But then Rei is like, all right, well, I'm expendable. I'm going to detonate the, the Ava unit. <laughs> yeah. And and Misato's like, no, Rei, like... And she goes, we can't let them get the Ava. Like, we, right. we can't. So I'm going to do it. Blows that shit up. And then every every cast member then has to confront with the idea that another person died right like everyone was just mourning shinji like a few episodes ago and now they're like oh my fuck ray is dead right there was a (laughs) just right before she blows it she blows everything up there was a really interesting piece of dialogue that i wanted to bring up to you yeah um so shinji essentially has to come to grips with the fact that there's an angel that's attacking Ray. How do I go about attacking the angel? The angel, and he hits the angel, and Ray feels pain from it. Yeah, like they've they've interconnected, or I forget what they use, like melded or whatever enough. Yeah, that Ray feels the pain from it, and Shinji's kind of weird about that. And Ray has a line where she says, "Is that what my heart wants to become one with Shinji?" And then oh she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, she goes. 
No. And then and then that's when she talks to Masato and blows everything up. But I just think that dialogue is interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it, and it and it gets kind of expanded upon even just a little bit following this angel encounter. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, Ray, you know, pulls the the nuke button on the Ava, and as like before it blows up, she sees a flash of Gendo, and starts crying. Yeah. And then and then boom, it's gone. So. Shinji is basically watching this carnage, and he's just like, oh my god, she's dead. Holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, and then Ritsko makes the call that, uh, section off the area, you know, we've got to search it, like, you know. And Masada goes, where's the plug? Like, did it make it out? And Ritsko goes, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll search, but yeah, the, the, ch the chances are slim. Yeah. And then sure enough... You know, it, uh, I want to say it cuts to, does it go to them, like, searching for the plug next? Well, uh, it goes to them having a general, com so once it blows up, yeah, they have the conversation about, like, uh, Angel's gone and so is Ava One, like, targets are gone. Yeah. And, but they say an interesting thing there where they say only one, I forget if it's Gendo, but he's like, only one angel from the Dead Sea Scrolls remains. Yes, 16 out of 17. Yeah. Which means we're fucking getting to the the climax. Um, this is also where it cuts to uh, the Zele guys talking about how they need somebody that knows the truth. And it cuts to Ritzko and it kind of gives you the thing about Ritzko being the person. Uh, and then I have here, there's a weird scene. So Shinji's dealing with Ray's death. Yeah. And he's sitting on his bed. And Misato comes in and she's like, hey, man. Yeah. And like, he clearly doesn't want to talk about anything yet. And she and like she, puts a, a hand on his shoulder and he's like, don't touch me. Yeah. She says, um, fuck. She says to him, <laughs> she's, I don't, I didn't write down what she says to him, but it's essentially like. Uh, this is all I can do for you right now. Yeah. And she touches his hand. And he's like, get the fuck away. Yeah. And then she leaves the room and says, I quote, I wonder if he is afraid of women. And I'm like, what were you trying to do in there? Yeah. Because your your dialogue has says something about intimacy. Well, but that but that's important because... She, she, in my dub, makes a comment where she's like, you know, it, it really is tough to be alone. Yeah, I think that Masato fucks every guy she meets. But, again, why does she do that? Well, because, because, to, she... because to her, that is a source of comfort. And Kaji, right. for her, was that, which I'm not saying that's not what you're probably trying to get at. And well, I'm yeah, just being annoying. That her lonely, you're, not, you're never being annoying. That, like, her loneliness has affected her to the point that, like, she just desperately needs someone. Yeah. The, the way that she both seeks out and gives comfort is in the form of intimacy. And now that Kaji can't fill that role for her anymore, and that's not to say that she, like, only views Kaji for sex, but I think that a large part of her dependency on others, especially during moments of duress involves sex that is one of the 
easiest ways for her to cope with hard times, I yep, think. Totally. And so, like, I think part of her being so emotionally fucked by Kaji leaving is that things are harder than ever. Yeah. And that she has no one now. Yep. And this scene with Shinji, I'm not saying she was, like, trying to bang Shinji. No, she she wasn't, like, trying to initiate anything, but I think that she yes. just she just wanted a connection. Something. Yes. But even seeing her do that triggered to me that... <laughs> that there is a genuine possibility that she bangs every guy her age in Nerve. Because there's scenes later on, and I'm not, I can't remember if it's in this episode or... I have seen 24 for the viewers out there. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to do both. Oh, guys. He's seen 24. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I feel like there's scenes where other characters are like weirdly comfortable around Masato. They're okay with being with Masato in times of dire need. They have this weird connection to her. They trust her in weird ways that I feel like I feel like she has to have some sort of intimate connection with multiple men at Nerve. Potentially. I mean, her and Kaji were broke up. For a long time. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's that's but, not really a theory. That's I mean, they're, they're almost oh, they're, giving they're, me that information. They're basically telling you. Because she then even like looks at Pen Pen as like a last resort of not... <laughs> we're not saying she's going <laughs> to fuck Pen Pen. But she looks at Pen Pen as the she last does. resort of someone, anyone, anything that she could find comfort in or like a she, connection. She looks at him. Pen, Pen, I was sad that Pen Pen is Pen sad. Pen was Pen Pen was like he was really. Thinking. I he's like I ain't got time for this. <laughs> she says she looks at him. It was kind of funny actually. Every scene with Pen Pen's great. She Pen, looks at him. Pen Pen's like, sorry, babe, I've got a piss kink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you have been drinking nothing but instant coffee from those cans. Right. I can't do it. <laughs> she says, I guess anyone would do. And like, and that, that was really sad because she looks at him and she has a split second thought of, you know, once again, I'm not saying she's going to bang Pin Pin. But yeah. she has that thought of, like, maybe I could... Confide in Yes, Pen Pen. confide in him. And she's like, no, he's a fucking penguin. And he's well, like, he, he, he does, she doesn't even get to say no. He goes, no. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he like shrugs and walks away. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. A, honestly, a really heartbreaking scene. Yeah. For Masato. Yeah. we opened this episode with her basically just spiraling because of Kaji being gone. It just reminds you of how much the turntables, right? Yeah. Because how many scenes do we see of Shinji Masato pin pin together having like flapjacks in the morning? Yeah. And everything was great. It's and, like so charming. I will say too, I mean, Shinji's line when Masato is in there where he's like, I feel so much pain, but like the tears won't come out. Yeah. Yeah. Where he is just kind of like numb. To, to the whole spectrum of, of what goes on here. Yeah. Can we also talk about, though, how he is fucking rocking out to some, like, Japanese city pop? <laughs> yeah. Of all the songs, dude, he's just out here, like, it's a banger. I want to know what song he's listening to. He needs the uh, Daniel Powder. You had a bad day! <laughs> yeah, it's just 26 minutes of that song. Yeah. But... So it goes from that to a scene with Kozo. 
where well I, he's real quick okay, we should we should round out how this scene with Masato comes to an end uh, it basically cuts to the next day and she fell asleep at her desk with like all oh, of the coffee yeah. but then the phone rings except this time it's Ritsuko and she's like you and Shinji come quick and what do you know Ray is somehow healed yeah hmm so let's talk about that. So this is Ray alludes to the fact that she doesn't quite remember uh, what happened in the battle. Yep. And later on in this episode, she alludes to the fact that, like, she almost directly tells the viewer that this is a new Ray. Yeah. And that, oh, I must be like a new version of me again. Yep. And which is great. Yeah. But it made me wonder, like, they must they must like download Ray every once in a while so that there's always an up to date database where like the last time she was downloaded was right before the Angel fight. Well, potentially, but she then goes to her apartment and sees Gendo Akari's glasses and she knows whose they are. But then starts like grabbing them with like a like a death grip, and starts crying. And then she goes, "Are these my tears?" Yeah. Makes you wonder. Why would Ray ask if those are her tears? Well, I felt like it was because she is this Ray doesn't remember the introspective situation that the other Ray has. Mm-hmm. And so now that she's experiencing this, it's also for the first time. But maybe it's deeper than that. I don't know. I took it as that because the scenes happen fairly not, close to back to back. It's not a bad way to take it. I'm just saying. What? Why would someone ask if these are my tears? If those tears weren't potentially coming from another thought, memory, feeling... That was foreign to their so, own. Okay, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that while she is, they are physically her tears. The reaction to the glasses are is, not her physical is, self. Is not reaction, her. Is not her own. But perhaps a downloaded. Not a downloaded. Think about it. I mean, Shinji's mom got sucked up into an Ava. Where did <laughs> it where, happens? Where did Ray come from? Yeah. Why is Shinji so drawn to Rei, and why does Gendo have such a weird attachment, like, focus and, like, infatuation with her? No, I mean, I understand that. That's why I put this together in the first place. I but, just... but, then, but then think. Every time Rei talks about Gendo, it's always positive. But then the one time she's, like, come out of this introspective situation, she kind of, like out of nowhere grabs the glasses as if she wants to break them yeah it's like she was trying to crush them but then like starts crying yeah and she's like are these my tears right saying there could be there could be someone else's consciousness sure floating around in there and but I as wonder... far as memory goes like i'm i'm logistically thinking about where her memory stops between rays yeah that there must be that Gendo, when he takes her down into the depths and they fucking do something with her, that that downloads her consciousness. Yeah. So that she would still remember Shinji and everything that's happened, but she doesn't remember the angel fight. 
Yeah, but it's all hazy. That makes sense. Because otherwise, you'd have a brand new human being with no memories. Yeah. I want to see that. Why am I not seeing that? I want to see her in a pod getting learned. I mean, well, we have seen that. You just you made mention of it. We saw it a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. That's what I thought so you maybe, were referencing. Maybe that's what's happening. When... Yeah. I like to think it is, at least. No, I, I think that's exactly what's happening. Because what, what are they doing? Maintenance on a clone? I don't... I mean, at the time, I didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I just helped confirm my theory. Yeah. Uh, speaking of confirming theories, though, let's talk about uh, the confirming that a certain Ritsuko has to go through in front of the entire cell round table. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Because what the fuck? <laughs> I, I've seen this episode quite a few times, and every time it catches me off guard. Because I'm just like, what, what the fuck? And Gendo, leading into this, is like, yeah, I don't think is going to have anything to say. I give them a, a tasty morsel to nibble on. Yeah. So that'll keep them off our backs. And pretty much what he means by that is, I threw Ritsuko to the wolves... Uh, to talk about Ava and all of that. Because she's basically the one that constructed all of it. Yeah. So, she's been doing me a solid by keeping quiet, but I'm going to go ahead and throw her under the bus. I think it might have been during that scene. It was with Kozo and Gendo, and it was either said out loud or thought bubble type. No, it, it was said out loud, because Kozo goes, what do you think Cell is going to say about this? And Gendo goes, I don't think we'll need to worry about Cell. Right. I gave them something... Yummy to eat. <laughs> and I it's not them, lasagna. I, yeah. I'd say it's more of a rigatoni. <laughs> oh! Uh, there, I was just going to say, there, I don't know when it was, but I quoted it. Because mm-hmm. Kozo says, and uh, the reason I wrote this down is because... It's important. Now that we know the whole Ray yui thing is true... Yeah. Kozo has a line where he says, Ray, she was always the product of my despair. And it's unbelievable how thoughtful that line is. Yeah. Just to be like a thought bubble in the middle of like a... Because Gendo says that, right? Kozo says says that. that. In his head, during a conversation with Gendo. And I think it's the same one me and you were just talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm totally spaced on who said that. I mean, they really could both say that. Yeah. It it would kind of work. It would have different meaning, but it it could work for both of them. But Yeah. yeah, so, okay, so naked Ritzko in front of the Zele Council. And pretty much, they just kind of put her through the paces. I don't know why they had to strip her down. I don't fucking know either. She seems like she's okay with it. Yeah, she's, well, I mean, seems like it. We learn very quickly yeah. after the fact, but, yeah, she. I mean, she takes it on the chin, and while nude, answers all of these guys' questions about the Avas and the Angels and... The pilots. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't know if it's in your dub. I didn't bother to look. Hmm. Sorry. That's all right. What they say? Ritzko says in her head, after they're done questioning her, she says, I guess I'm the new Ray now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she makes a comment. She's like, I can't believe I lost out to that little, yeah. like, like that little girl or like right. that, that piece of shit or something like that. It... It's or I can't believe I lost out to that child. See, things are so convoluted now because 
You know, it's it's almost like because Ray was like Gendo's daughter, essentially. That's sort of how she was. Well, not, get you know, Ray was introduced to Ritsko when Ritsko was younger as being like someone that Gendo's looking after for a family friend. Yeah. But it's essentially becomes Gendo's daughter. Yeah. And with Ray's with Ritsko's mom and Gendo hooking up, you know. She may have looked up to Gendo at some points, even though it might have been in hatred, as like a father figure. Yeah. And there's a good chance that then Ray would kind of be like that stepsister type figure that always gets a special treatment from yep. the Gendo. And I wish that they dug into that more. I feel like they do, though. But I think this line is alluding to that. Yeah, well, and the whole end of it really is like... Oh, well, yeah. Well, that that's <laughs> what I mean. That This line is kind of like the... Yeah, Ritsuko, this entire time, has been trying to earn the, like, admiration and approval of Gendo. Yeah, which is... Which is interesting, because she's following down the exact same footsteps her mom, do- her mom did, and she admits that. But, th- Fernie, what's crazy about this show is all the characters start off as different characters. Yeah. And now they're all becoming the same character. It's like, it's like Masato and Shinji have this moment of clarity where they realize that they're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. And then Asuka's kind of in that same boat. And then Rei is like kind of over here, but she's kind of in that boat. And now Ritsuko's sort of in that, like, they're all kind of tied to Gendo and his whole thing. I was just going to say, but they're yeah. they're all sort of, they're all like kind of dealing with the same shit. Yeah. It's just each of them hit it away differently. Yep. And it just becomes this clusterfuck. To try to deal with, I mean, it's a fun clusterfuck to figure out. Yeah, it's not like it's shitty. Well, because you're basically watching each character break down and confront the very thing that they've been trying to like avoid yeah. in like uh, different ways. Yeah, at different times. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's crazy how similar all of their journeys are. Yeah, yeah. When we start the <laughs> Ritzko's arc is crazy in this episode yeah well and it's like the first i mean she's had little arc moments but this is the first one where it really paints a clear picture of yeah because this whole time i think you and i in various episodes have gone like what does ritzko think about all this like what's her right what's her game and then you, you find out you kind of are led to think at first that she is totally team like good guy yeah right? she's totally team independent from nerve Masato's friend, good chick. But then, as time goes on, you almost think that she's totally whipped by nerve. Yeah. Like, that she's just totally bought in. And then, that's kind of where you were at, like, an episode ago or so. Now, you start to realize that, really, it's this deep hatred and deep suffering. And she's kind of pigeonholed into this spot. Yeah. And she doesn't quite know what she wants to know how to deal with it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and little little did Gendo know that he basically lit the fuse yeah, he of, <laughs> of uh, the powder keg that is Ritsuko. Because basically after that meeting, she calls Shinji and she's like, hey, uh, Secret Service is going to be off of you for a few hours. Like, I want you to meet me at the lower levels. Right. Which is totally out of the blue, right? Totally out of the blue. And she gets there. Tries to slide her card and it's locked. Then Misato pulls up with a gun behind her back and she's yes. like, surprise, bitch. You're going to show me everything. And then Ritsuko goes, yeah, I'll show you, but he's also going to see it too. Yeah. And she goes, fine. 
and and this is okay so this is what i was talking about notice the background how it's a double helix yeah for dna yeah I thought that was a cool touch because they're literally taking an elevator to go look at clones. I know. I I thought the same thing, and it, and how similar it is to the last angel. Oh yeah. I was like, shit. They found it and they repurposed it to an yeah. elevator. Well, so then they arrive at artificial. Okay, uh, hold on. Can we pause? We there? can pause. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this this is really like the climactic end of this episode. It runs through like a few different fucking things, and I wrote down a fuck ton of quotes from this. So before we get to this, if you don't mind, let me just bring up a couple things. Please do. Um, so they deal with this capsule. Yep. Right before this. Yeah. Well, uh, Masato does. Masato does. Where we find out that the capsule... Oh my gosh. Well, that the capsule contains like a chip. Yep. And not like a Dorito. No. Although... Not even a freedom. Yeah, not even a freedom. <laughs> Contains like uh, data. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was interesting because that's one of the things it I wondered from the sex capade that was like four episodes ago. Yes. They also have a line here, uh, the Zele guys, where they they start to plan their takeover of Nerve, mm-hmm. and they have a line where they say uh, they mention the obliteration of Tokyo Three. Actually, it's, yeah, I think it's the Zayla. Yeah, like, they, they basically say, if we lose Tokyo 3, like, we'll be all over, so we have to act before the, like, Day of Reckoning. I almost took it the opposite. Or, let me rephrase it. I almost took it like, like, the obliteration of Tokyo 3 is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're right. They're basically saying, this is gonna happen if we don't do this. Yeah. But well, well, no, it's gonna happen regardless. But they're like, so we need to do it now before right the like, date the date in the Dead Sea Scrolls comes to pass. Okay, yes, that's what I was gonna get at. Is that they're almost saying it like it's prophesized that Tokyo Three is is fucked, which is I'm thinking it's fucked. That's a good time crunch. Yeah, um, and oh, they said um, basically like uh, expedite the last four Avas. Yeah. Or, like, so they're going to activate, like, whatever the four that they're working on. Oh, yeah. So, okay, anyways, I just wanted to touch that before we start getting to this insane trip that is the end of this episode. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I think that's the way to go. Uh, pretty much, yeah, they show up in this underground basement, and Ritzko is kind of just talking about, um, you know, this was used to uh, create, like, clones of humans. Uh, and it was where, like, some of the first experiments with Ava began. Yeah. Um. Shinji mentions that it looks like Ray's apartment. Yeah. And so then she turns on the lights and you see all of these skeletons of failed Avas being created. And, uh, you know, Avas, she goes, like, Avas were created, uh, you know, out of, like, angels. So, you know, they are... Like, they're basically humans. And she goes, and each one needs a soul to work. And Shinji's like, wait, what? (laughs) And she goes, yeah, so uh, anyways, what we did uh, was we decided to uh, clone Ray for the dummy plug system. And uh, hits this lights on button and you watch this aquarium 
yeah. with like 90 rays just kind of all look in the center and smile. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. Like, right before they go to this room, there's like this Ava graveyard that you mentioned. Yep. With just like a ton of these. A like bunch of them. failed Avas. And the heads all look like Unit Zero. Yes. And um, that's where Ritzko mentions that this is where your mom died 10 years oh, ago. Oh yeah, and she's like, Shinji, you saw it. Yeah. You, you watched it happen. Did you forget? Right. And Shinji's like, what? <laughs> I know. And what? Masato's like, keep it moving, bitch. Yeah, she's like, okay, but <laughs> what else? Yeah. And then, and then. I, I kind of like that because Masato, <laughs> I'm sure, would have enjoyed hearing more about this, but she was almost kind of protective. She scared. Really? I, I think, like, well, I think she started off pushing to get the answers that Kaji left for her, but when she sees all of the rays, she gets well, she she freaks out. I think she's definitely like frightened at what she's seeing. Yeah. But I almost felt like there was a little bit of protective over oh, Shinji, for Shinji, where she's like, "Okay, quit fucking around with his emotions." Yeah, keep stuff. it moving, bitch. Um, I hate you. So they go to the uh, the dummy plug room where they kind of show like. This is where all the dummy plugs are made. Like you said, they flip on the lights and it's the fucking aquarium yeah. of all uh, rays, which I cannot believe that all of the rays have drawn nipples. Yeah. Because they specifically they never are. included them until now. Wait, yours have nipples? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My Netflix version has nipples. Damn. 100%. Okay. If you're watching but at home, watch the Netflix <laughs> version. If you want to see Ray's nipples, Netflix. <laughs> but like, sponsored by Netflix. How how stu how crazy is that? Because they go out of their way to show forms of female bodies with no nipples all show long, to probably just not have to deal with the nudity thing. Yeah. And then when they have a bunch of like lifeless fourteen-year-old chick clones, they just go full nipple. It's about proving a point, dude. But we've seen. Ray and she hey, doesn't man. have nipples. They could be, they could be like, you know, they're like fake, so they can have nipples. That, it's, like, it's like a mannequin having nipples. So. That's the true theory: is that post second impact, women lost the ability to <laughs> provide milk, and so nipples aren't a thing. Yeah, unless it's on Ray, unless specifically yes. because Gendo asked for it. But it's because Ray is part Yui, which was pre second impact, so the nipples come standard. That's true. That's true. They're standard, standard, you know. Pre-second impact nipples. And so you think, yeah, and then they take them off so yeah. that Ray doesn't stand out. I mean, good for them. You know, we wouldn't want her to be different. Free the nipple, right? Free the nipple. But, <laughs> God. Right? I mean, not not long after Ritzko shows all of these uh, Ray clones, she basically hits another button on the controller and kills all of them. Yeah. Like, disintegrates them to both... Shinji and Masato's shock. They're like... Yeah. Well, they don't really know how to comprehend what the fuck they're seeing. Yeah. Ritsuko describes these as shells. Yeah. So they don't have a soul yet. But they're like spare parts, basically. Mm-hmm. And then she absolutely obliterates all of them. Yep. And it's kind of fucking grody because it's, they like... They just... Dis- they like disintegrate into like... Yeah. Limbs and pieces. But it's not like, so like when she says spare parts, your mind thinks mechanical. Mm-hmm. But then when you see them come apart as like 
arms and legs as like flesh it's kind of crazy it is it's gross well and it's so crazy that Masato pulls a gun on Ritsuko and she's like what did you do you know why did you do that and then Ritsuko just kind of falls on the ground and starts sobbing and she's like I can't believe I lost to that little girl like first first my mom and I followed right in her footsteps I'm such an idiot right and then she's like and all for all for who Gendo I know and she's like, I I just wish for death. Yeah, it's like two parts. It's like part jealousy that Ray got everything that she wanted, mm-hmm. and part like self hate that she let herself get to that point. Yep. I wrote down a series, a, a long quote here that yeah. I want to read. Yeah. This is how. This is what my version describes as what the fuck's been going on with Nerve essentially. Okay. So this is Ritzko basically spilling the beans. Yeah. She says, mankind came across a god. Yeah. I'm glad you wrote this down. I should have. Yeah. And this is this is what's said out loud in the Netflix version. Mm-hmm. Mankind came across a god and then tried to make it their own. Fifteen years ago, a god inflicted his wrath. The god they were so excited about disappeared. Undeterred, they worked to resurrect their god themselves. That was Adam. Just like God, they made a human from Adam, and that was Ava. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Avas, she goes on to explain that the Avas are these created humans from the God that they tried to, to make. Yeah. They tried to manufacture God, and the humans that that God created are the Avas. Yep. And, but they were soulless, so they had to give them souls from people people but it didn't work so they had to combine different people yep. to form it and the only one that worked was ray yeah i mean and yeah. that that's why all those dummy plugs are ray because that works yeah crazy which just makes it even more like fucked up um i the religious stuff in this show has always been incredibly interesting to me yeah um, because they're taking established kind of Christianity ideas, yeah, Christian ideas, and they're playing with them a little bit, yeah, and making it really fun, like well, really interesting, and they're 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 picking and choosing kind of what works. Yeah, well, it's it's it plays on the notion of man was created in God's image. Yeah. So what if man created God in their image? Right. And when you when you flip that kind of circle of life it's kind of wild to like see this hypothesis of what would happen and by extension the humans that are made are the avas but isn't it crazy that the soul that works is a is a human soul but is a but is a human created soul like yeah what am i trying to say what because it's so fucked uh, how they do all the DNA with everything, but because are, are you saying, you know, how crazy is it that, you know, man is created in God's image, God gave life, we have a soul, like we exist, and when man tries to do the same thing by creating their own God, the only thing that seems to work is the original soul that mankind was given. 
Is well, that is that kind of what you're getting? Yes, at? but even more specific to Ray. So like humankind creates a god. And this god creates humankind. Yeah. Which is the Avas. Mm-hmm. But the Avas don't work without a soul. Yes. So then they create a fake human to take the place of that soul. But it's well, all but, it's but all that, trippy that because fake of human you. though has to have a soul. Right. Yeah. So then Ray's soul would be Yui. And so why do you think Ray was gripping Gendo's glasses and crying? Right. Because a piece of Yui is in Ray and has had to live through every single iteration of Ray's existence as a clone. That's horrible. It is. Which is why you see her like I mean, because Yui's soul is is in the Ava with Shinji. Yeah. And every time the Ava steps up to the plate and goes berserk, it's in service of one saving Shinji, but an angel usually gets the fuck beat out of it as a result. Yeah. Which I think leads to this idea that I I think, and this is a hypothesis, um, this is pure conjecture on my part. I've thought about this on how to word it, so it, it's a genuine okay. thing. But if 16 of the 17 angels are defeated, we don't, we don't know what happens when 17 of 17 are done, per the Dead Sea Scrolls. But if there's anyone that maybe did, it was Yui. Mm-hmm. So every time Yui goes berserk, it's in the service of saving Shinji but ensuring another angel eats shit. <laughs> I, w- yeah. I, I wonder... I have to wonder if she's pursuing all of those angels being defeated purely to ensure that whatever happens in those scrolls comes to pass. Whether it's payback or whether it's... Whether it's payback or to end this loop that she has to live. I mean, she's lived such a painful loop. Yeah. And every iteration that has a piece of her soul has been in pain. Well, and think about it when Ray tried to pilot Ava 1. Ava 1 freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Which is interesting because Ray having a piece of Yui's soul and Ava One being embodied by Yui's soul. Yeah. It's like it's like when you get sick and the white blood cells start to attack the virus. Yeah, yeah. Like, think of AIDS. The body tricks itself into attacking itself because it yeah. thinks it's constantly sick. But at the same time, imagine if that was cognizant. So Ava One freaking out and wanting to kill Ray because Ray to Yui is probably a bastardization of her soul. Oh sure, but Yui also has to some has to live both souls. Yeah, I mean it, she just has because of Gendo she couldn't just die. Yeah, she's had to live this horrible afterlife. It's just sad. Yeah, it's it's wild, dude. Yeah. Episode twenty three blows the blows the the lid wide off. Yeah, I will say um, this episode does a lot, and it's so different than twenty one. Twenty one, I really had a problem with because uh, it was just an excessive, it's just too much dump, way too much. This was like steered in the right direction because it steered you to a point that narratively made sense to give you a lot. Yeah. Whereas before, it's just like it cuts back and forth to a million scenes that give you a ton of information, and it just like is overload. This felt narratively like it made sense to dump. Yeah. You know. Totally. 
And so I liked this one a lot better than 21. There's something I really want to see. Okay. Uh, so every episode um, has different like directors or um, writers for it. Um, obviously Hidedaki, or Hideaki Anno is the like mastermind behind the whole series, but the writing credits sometimes get split. So okay. if we go to episode 21, that episode was written by uh, Akio Satsukawa and Hideaki Anno, and it was directed uh, for the TV release by Hiroyuki Ishido. So exposition heavy, lots of stuff going on. So then we cut to 23. It was written by uh, Hideaki Anno and uh, Hiroshi Yamaguchi, the guy uh, I want to say who also did 22... And I want to say he did another, like, specific one. Did uh, the did did the same team that did Ray three do Ray two and Ray one? That's what I'm I'm looking to see. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So, uh, yeah, Ray one and Ray two were Hideaki Anno and Akio Satsukawa. Ray three is done by, um, Hideaki Anno and Hiroshi Yamaguchi. So, oh, okay. But it's funny, the guy that wrote Ray 1 and Ray 2 joined Hideaki on episode 21, The Birth of Nerve. Yeah. So it's just it's just interesting to see like who is in charge of what. But, totally. 20, but 23 had a completely different director, uh, Shiochi Masuo. So maybe that could also be part of the reason why... Um, you know, maybe the the pacing was just better because the structure yeah. of the storyboards were. I just it. You know, it started with a lot of beats that hit hard, mm-hmm. but that took their time. Yeah. To sh- that show you the despair and Masato, and it just worked up like the pace, like you yeah. said, was just great. It started off slow but important, and it kept the importance the whole time and never overloaded you. Until the very end. It gave things room to breathe, which I think is really important. And that's what 21 could have used more of. Yeah. But, I mean, they're getting late in the show. And they need, at some point, they need to give all that. And and at some point, too, they also just have to really make sure everyone's on the same page before any other revelations happen. Otherwise, you know. Before they crack the world open. Yeah. But. Yeah. What would you give it? What's your okay. rating on episode 23 out, I gave, of, out of 10 next? I gave this one 8.5. Yeah. I feel like this is how you do an episode like 21. This yeah. is how you do an info dump. Granted, I would argue maybe less to cover well, in this than 21. Which, But they did that to themselves on 21. True, true. 21, they tried to take like 18 characters and tell you everything about their backstory. This episode, though, has a lot of subtext. Like, I think about the first 15 minutes of this episode... We talked about Masato as a character purely based off just her opening scene. Yeah. And, like, I think that's really, really good. I think this episode probably has the best script. Oh, Because you can, I mean, there's a couple subtle lines that, like you said, me and you went off on tangents on that were... That were, like, the smallest parts of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something here for everybody. I I gave this one 8.5. And which, honestly, I think that's the best rating I've given an episode for about four episodes or so. Yeah. I, I'm giving this one an 8.75. Oh. Uh, I I personally really enjoy this one. Uh, mainly just for all of the little bits and pieces of character action that happen. Like, you made a great job calling out the, you know, Masato's hand on Shinji's. The, 
Ray, yeah. like Ray grabbing the glasses. Uh, Ritsuko kind of like sitting in the the chair, looking at her old self. You know, in that group photo. Um, I just I think there's a lot of cool little little beats thrown in there that, yeah. that are really nice. But hell yeah, yeah. eight eight 8.5. You know the deal. Let us know what you think down in the comments down below. We've got email, Instagram, Facebook. We don't have Instagram. That was a lie. Twitter is what we have. Uh, YouTube. We love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much for supporting this series. We're closing in on the, yeah. the home stretch. And, so the uh, plan is to do a double episode next time. Yep. Or double. D- epi. So. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Do, do it again. Double. Double. Epi. Epi. So. So. Uh, so that way we'll cover 2425 to yeah. get you guys geared up for the grand finale. Um, but yeah, dude. Mazzato wants to fuck every guy in the world. She just wants to fuck <laughs> every guy in the world. That was a remix of Young Money, Cash Money, Billionaire's hit song, uh, Every Girl. Um, We're really banking on Lil Wayne listening to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> hey, Wheezy F Baby and the F is for Front Note. If you listen to this, please reach out, man. Yeah. Well, actually don't. I... You have some really weird <laughs> takes and opinions that I can't say I align with, but you were my middle school like hip hop artist, yeah. so I can't I can't put no respect on the name. Not Soldier Boy, really. Ah, Soldier Boy was too. Throw some D's on me, you know, like right. yeah, trick, yeah, like he. Th- okay, now this is now a hip hop <laughs> hip hop heads podcast by two white guys. It's just yeah. It's just our middle school like iPod playlists. I've listened to Little Wayne before, and I never listened to Little Wayne. <laughs> and did you guys hear about this guy T Pain? I heard about him in middle school. I've never heard of him. Oh, he's a great guy. Also, he's on Twitch. He's very good on Twitch. I what does he him. play? Like COD? Yeah, he'll play like video games, but he'll do like a rap freestyle intro sometimes. No shit. Yeah, it's cool stuff. I th- I want to see. Yeah, I mean, I want to see him play like Madden against Snoop Dogg or something. Go Madden. Because hasn't Snoop Dogg been playing Madden on... Yeah, he played with Dr. Disrespect, I think, a while back. But <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. But... Oh, God. Anyways, thanks for tuning in to the Hero Babble podcast. Uh, and thanks so much for just, you know, listening and watching along with us. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to kind of close in on the finale here. Uh, but until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.